Welcome back to another episode of Part of My Bullshit Podcast, man. It has been a whirlwind out here, but hey, guess what? Maybe we're alive and living. You know what I'm saying? In front of me, I got two esteemed gentlemen. First and foremost, I want to say this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. You know what I mean? I know uh, my man, my man, Dayton said he wanted some products this week, but we're going to get into that a little bit later. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is it? But with that being said, man, who we got on the, uh, in front of me on the screen? Go ahead. Oh. We talk about me. How y'all doing, uh, PNB fans and listeners? It's your boy, Dr. Fem Dizzle. I'm back, baby. You know what I'm saying? I got some I got some news for y'all, man. Thank you for having me back, Kings. I, I appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. It's been a minute, man. She was like a, a, a regular guest for a while with Corona the came <laughs> and changed some place. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, dang, I remember years ago I came on, did the mental health joint. You know, niggas had the live. Ago. Yeah, we had the, that's what I'm saying. You know, yeah, we had the live. What was the what was uh, PMB live show? That was last year, last that November, last last year, the year around yeah. this time last year. You, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Uh, we've been in COVID so long. I don't I don't remember nothing, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's oh, coming I'm up on the year for niggas. Yeah, so I'm just I'm blessed uh, to be back on this great platform, man. Shout out to you guys for keeping things pushing. You know what I'm saying? Y'all doing great work out here. For sure, for sure. Hey, shout out to you for coming through, man. Shout out to your homeboys over there as well. You know, always appreciate y'all for sure. You know, uh, I, I saw y'all have y'all website, like, what was that, a month back or a couple months back? So congratulations on that as well. Well, so. well what, what we released, dog? The, 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 you know, you just your website, nigga. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bro, you know, hey, man, it's COVID. Like I said, yeah. my, I, COVID yeah. is my excuse for everything, dog. See, that's how you know niggas don't check their emails. <laughs> niggas, <laughs> niggas, niggas, Man didn't even know they had a website. Hey, hey, niggas, niggas don't even check. No, no, no. I do, of course. Nah, I didn't. I didn't hear what he said. I just heard <laughs> the release. I'm like, hey, what well, we released? <laughs> yeah, you know, of course, yeah. man. We we try, man. You know, it's hard out here for Kent. But shout out, <laughs> shout out to my to my Brodies, uh, King Mitty, uh, y'all on the moon, DJ Earthquake. Uh, we 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 try and stay afloat, man. Shout out to the Africanists, man. That's no doubt. But you know me, man, your boy from Baltimore, the truth, man. I just been, I've been in the house, man, chilling. Got some uh some new manscaped products that came through. They they okay. sent us a little a little uh care package. So I got these smooth little boxers and some other products. But I, I would like <laughs> okay. to say the uh the clippers, don't mm. don't join fire, bro. Y'all, hey man, you know, like us uh we got the ads rolling, but PMB pod discount code. Go to Manscaped. Use that discount code. Get twenty percent off. Get them clippers, bro. And you okay. know, you know, just cut, cut your hair. You know, groom yourself Let's, well. Treat, treat yourself right. Man. Treat yourself right above the belt and below the belt, man. You know, <laughs> get, get your. Uh, I've been I've been up on the uh, the ball deodorant. Hey, if you work yeah. out in the gym, it's necessary. I, 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 that's all I'm going to say. It's necessary. And it's correct. a game changer right there. You won't be, you know, have that jacket or, you know, those stains or whatever. Like, it's definitely necessary. And your girl will, you know, she'll probably appreciate you, too. So, Keep yourself so you, together. So you say, you know, you get back from the gym, you know, think, 
you 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 hey, impatient. Hey, you know what I'm saying? The, the, you, say the pre- you, you say you use the body yacht. Hey, you know hey, <laughs> hey blood, blood still flowing. You know, pre work, pre workout still in you. You know what I mean? Fin- okay. Finish it off. Finish hey. your workout. You feel me? You a sick nigga for Stay life. I'm, I'm finna go get that right now. <laughs> but nah, definitely, definitely treat yourself, man. 2021, we we only looking nice, bro. That's we out here. We stepping out. You had a whole Sir. day to get your shit right. So yeah. Well, what are we talking about today, fellas? Shit, man. You know, we got we got the we got the main guest in the house, man, Dr. Dr. Sam Dizzle. He dropped a project Cheers. recently, and we definitely want to have him on here to talk about his book. Cheers. You know, what is the content? What what gems can we be found in there? Um, so let's go ahead and jump into it, man. First and foremost, brother, what's the name of your book that you just came out with? Man, my book is called I Manifesting My Queen Essence. It's a journey, like that. it's a journey of reflecting healing, acceptance, self-love, and the pursuit of the healthy love that I deserve. I like that. Body yaddy, baby, body yaddy. Body yaddy. So, well, so let's break it down, man. Let's talk about the title. So that's a strong title. For, you know, uh, 2020, I feel like the, 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 catch, the catch word was manifesting. Yep. You know what I mean? A lot of people have been using that word manifest. So let's, let's break it down, man. Let's talk okay. about why you chose that title. Man, you know, it's, it's crazy, man. Um, Shout out, shout out to B. Simone, because I know she came out of, with a project called uh, about manifesting. Right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and I know the, the, they went on her for it. Um, but it's crazy. Um, I The book, um, initially, the original title I came up with years ago was, and we can get into that story later, um, was... I'm I'm trading my dog for a Prince Charm. You know, mm. I thought that, you know, that was the 23-year-old me who was trying to write. But the the 30-year-old me, I was like, uh, after I finished writing, because I finished, then I was like, this title don't even have nothing to do with my book no more. You know what I'm saying? So I was just like, nah, I can't do this. And I I just read the content that I wrote and I realized um, you know, I did the book centers around, you know, trying to uplift women, trying to empower them, and trying to kind kinda help them realize, you know, a positive uh sense of self-worth. So just manifesting that queen essence just um after i was just thinking to myself what makes sense once i came up with that one it just felt like it was a perfect fit for um you know the content that is in the book so that that's that was my first question so who who technically were you writing the book for i I originally thought you were writing for for men to understand more about like, you know, how to um, participate and be present and act and behave within a relationship. But is it, is it for women in that regard? Great question. So um, again, like um, I can, can I, can I, can I paint a story for y'all? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So So pretty much, um, 2013 is when I got the idea that I wanted to write a book. 
um, at that time, like Geach said, you, Geach, you, you graduated uh, 2010. Same here. I graduated undergrad 2010. So, um, y'all niggas think old. back. Yeah, bro. We seasoned. <laughs> we seasoned, bro. You know, so think back, like around that time, that's when Steve Harvey had came out with a book. You know what I'm saying? And the ladies was eating it up. And I was like, dang, like, bro, you know. And around that time, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm the type of brother, I have a lot of homegirls uh, when I was an undergrad. So I just would, um, would I pay uh, close attention to, you know, my relationships, my our friendships, as well as, like, how I would, the changes I noticed in them, like, from our freshman year to, like, when we graduated or after that. So that stuck in my mind. In 2011, my older brother, you know, he, he gave birth to his only child. Uh, he has a daughter who is now nine. But in 2013, she was two. And at this time in 2013, I was finishing up grad school. Uh, you know, I'm a mental health therapist. So I would, I, around that time, I was doing marriage and family counseling in my, uh, for my internship. So. I, so three things was happening there. I have a two-year-old niece that, you know, of course, that's my family. I love her. Um, so I'm thinking like, man, you know, I, I even as an uncle, I want to like pour into her and do the best that I can in terms of my part to make sure that she's, you know, the best woman that she's going to be as she grows up. Um, then I have my relationships with my homegirls from undergrad. and. I mean, just looking at different things that's transpired in their lives um, that has kind of impacted them or changed them in a way. Uh, I'm looking at that. Then I'm observing the clients that I'm having at on my internship who are, you know, different ages. Like I have 40s and 50-year-olds and I'm looking at, you know, their experiences and how different experiences kind of changed them or, you know, steered the course of the directions in their lives. And that kind of prompted me to say, hey, I mean, your niece, maybe you should think about putting out a product that would maybe she can read one day. Um, and not only my niece, I have two sisters. Um, and, you know, having certain conversations with them at that time was weird. You know what I'm saying? Um, now we talk all the time. But at that time, I was 23, uh, that I just didn't feel comfortable having certain conversations with them. So I thought maybe, hey, write a book um, that maybe your family can utilize as well as friends and hopefully other women in society. Um, I didn't even think at the time, I didn't even think about including like the male aspect to it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how the you know the whole writing the book came about you know as you're telling that story i was uh you know i know you're a fellow virgo as well yes sir and uh one thing that we are are extremely attentive and we may not be necessarily speaking but we're observing mm -hmm. and i'm the same way with you i have a lot of i have a lot of women friends and i heard i've heard and i continue to hear stories and things that they go through and i think one thing that's important and i know you know we can speak more to this is you know as men oftentimes we kind of discount 
women's journeys. We discount their stories. We discount their experiences. And a lot of times we say, well, you know, that was just that one dude. That was just that one nigga or whatever. But when you hear, you know, certain stories or similar stories over and over again, it's like, okay, maybe we can't discount this. Maybe these are things that women are experiencing. These are the, these are the things that they go through on a day-to-day basis. So you just taking that step back, even at 23, because at 23, we was outside. You know what I'm saying? We was, we were, you know what I'm saying? We was outside. So, but even at, at at that age, and it's crazy to say at that age, we was like what twenty, what twenty three, twenty four at the time. Yeah, we're yes, we're adults, but we're still young. But being able to recognize, like, okay, you know, women around me are experiencing certain things, and I have to pay attention to that, and I have to try to, you know, see what I can do and play my part to make sure that you know they're they are being their best selves and they're kind of avoiding certain scenarios by and I'm putting it all together in the book so that they could kind of, you know, like you said, empower themselves behind it. I think that that's dope. And the fact that you thought about that such a long time ago and you've continued to live your life and put all the experiences together now to put out your book in 2020, I, I definitely want to commend you there. Thank, thank you so much, man. Um, I think, you know, a big part of that is because um, I'm extremely close to my mom. Um, and again, I have two sisters and, uh, I mean, we've always been close in a sense. My youngest sister and I, and I included that in the book as well. My youngest sister and I, when we were younger, we were extremely close. And then of course we went through that weird stage where she wanted independence and, and I, I'm the overprotective big brother. And I think even during that time when I thought about writing the book, that's the stage we were still in. Because I, uh, she just, uh, she was an undergrad, so she thinks she'd grow, you know, technically she was grown, you know, she's 1920. Um, and me as a young man, uh, you know, also a lot of that, you know, with my sister and I, just because, like you say, you each other. We was out here. <laughs> so it's like, yo, say, yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? We out here. And I'm like, yo, I'm trying to protect you. You know what I'm saying? But she just, you know, so that's what it was. So I've always been um, empathetic, you know, uh, to the, the plight and struggles of women just because of my closeness to them. And then, like I said, once my brother had my niece, like, you know, I was just like, Nah, this is this is this is next level. Like, right. really got to pay different close attention because I'm like, yo, she's so innocent right now. Like, you know, like I just used to look at her as such an innocent individual, and I and then comparing it to, like I said, my homegirls and them and what they going through and how they view life. I'm like, dang, one day my niece will grow up and get yeah. to this age. And I will hate for her to, you know, have some of these experiences. So that was really what did it for me, where I was like, nah, like something has to be done. That's so is is there one going no, nah, I, I was just gonna add, so like what are some of the main topics you hit on in the book that really get into what you just said? Basically. My brother. Well, but, well, before we get Sorry. into that, I like that question. Sorry. Before Sorry. we get into that, I got one question I think that would be a good precursor to that question. Okay. Go ahead. As you're, as you're developing the thoughts process behind putting together this book, 
what was the tipping point? Like, what was the scenario or, or the story that you heard <laughs> where I was like, okay, you know what? You about to get now him in I trouble. need to take now I need <laughs> nah, to take nah. all of these things and and run with it. Nah, it's it's crazy, and I'm and I'm gonna tell y'all this too. Um, so when I was in undergrad, I went in as an engineering major. I think I might have shared that story with y'all um, when I came on the pod on the mental health topic. So I didn't even know this would be my path in life. However, um, it's like I had several homegirls in undergrad that would just come to me and like vent and talk about what they're dealing with and what they're going through. And so, they so, will so be the gay friend. No, no, I wasn't because, you know, nigga, I was fucking. Not them, of course. You know what I'm saying? Not, not them. Because, you know, I, I try not to... to hey, we might, hey, we might need to edit that out, bro. <laughs> we might need to... <laughs> which, which part? I mean, I, nah, I'm dating. Dating part. Hey, but, I mean... Um, hey, hey, that's, nah, that's, nah, what, that's what they call it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what they call them. Kind of like, uh, I guess, William from Girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the perfect. Yeah. You, you, perfect the, you the, 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 tr the trustworthy male friend that you know. Exactly. And they come to you ain't problems. You ain't you ain't backing ham out on it. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know, and I'm not using it against them. I wasn't trying to smash none of that. Yeah. It was yeah. literally, you know, no dirty macking and all that. Yeah, no dirty macking. Like I could have done hella dirty macking, but that I wanted what was best for them. Right. So mm -hmm. pretty much, and they would come to me and. Just be like, yo, let's have a therapy session. Mind you, nigga, I'm an engineering major. So the fact that they was labeling it therapy sessions and we'll just go in and they'll be sharing, you know, just different things. And I don't know where I was getting my responses from. You know what I'm saying? But I was providing responses and they would come back. Like, you know, like I'm talking about this was went on for years and that actually led to me declaring my major as a, you know, psychology after I was like, uh, engineering ain't for me. I need something to do that's going, that I can graduate in four years and, and leave school. And it just happened to be psychology was the only major that didn't require enough credit. So that's how I declared there. So, um, don't, so you can only imagine all the stuff that was shared, right? You know what I'm saying? During them sessions, them fake me out sessions, whatever. Like we talked about a lot of things, um, and not even during only them periods. It's times where we'll just be talking, and you know they'll share stuff, whether text or phone calls or whatever. So because of the insight that I had, I had the different insight that maybe some of my other homeboys, because they wasn't sharing that part with them. They was cool, you know, they was cool with them. They was dating them. They was, you know, engaging them, whatever they was engaging with them. But they maybe they didn't trust them with that. They didn't feel comfortable. They didn't think those dudes may be receptive or listen or whatever, but they would share that with me. So I viewed those women, you know, through a different lens. Like you get what I'm saying? If that makes any type of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, that's kind of what that was. You're a funny dude. Nah, know? nah, nah. <laughs> I, 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 I say that to say, I mean, we were in the same boat. You know, I honestly, I always had a lot of uh, women friends 
um, who I've never done anything with. Like you said, you you could have you could have done some dirty macking or whatever, but it was I always went into it with the the perspective of not looking at them as women, just looking at them as people. You know what I mean? Right. So like the if you come to me with a problem or if you just want to talk as my friend, I'm gonna treat you as such. I'm not gonna try to uh, manipulate you or dictate um, the conversation to make me look better because that's what a lot of people do. That's you know dirty right. man or whatever. So for yeah. me, when I had those situations in school, you know people would be coming to me with all types of wild ass, and you know in college like it's just consistent, you know stories. And yeah. to be honest, I was giving people advice. And I had no experience, no basis for any of the shit. I was just looking. <laughs> Thank you. I, me, you know what I mean? <laughs> I was just looking at it from like a common sense perspective. Like, all right, yeah. if this nigga is treating you this way and you feel some type of way about it and these are the facts, then here's what I would do in the situation from a third person's perspective. Not even understanding that there's an additional layer to that. There's so many additional layers to, right. to then just the logic piece. and. Mm-hmm. I would always get confused as to like, yo, why are you still with this nigga if he did this to you? <laughs> you know, or or why are you still entertaining it if this happened or that happened? And there would be some wild ass stories. And then, yeah. you know, you go through and you live life. And now, you know, that that was when you was younger, 20s, early 20s, whatever. Now you're 30. And I know you get it because you probably wrote about it in your book where it's like, once right. once we, the people who are listening to these stories, actually go through the experiences of everything, being in relationships, talking to people, going through wild situations, you're like, well, damn, I get it now. Yeah. Like, or I understand it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, it's funny you said that because I think that's exactly why <clears throat> I was unable to write the book at the time. Like, I had the idea, I did like an outline of some topics that I wanted to talk about, and I even wrote some stuff. Like, I wrote like five pages. Um, but of course, we all know a book ain't gonna be no five pages. <laughs> right. So, like, I was like, damn, like, how do niggas write hundreds of pages? So, I, I just ended up abandoning it because nothing came to my mind. And what I realized this year when I was able to finish it was the fact that I had the right idea. My heart was in the right place, but I did not have enough life experience and wisdom to complete the task that I wanted to. Like you just said, like, you know, at that time, there's certain stuff you ask yourself, hey, why did they do that? Now, seven years later, I'm able to understand so many different things because me, myself, I've had some life experiences uh, on a personal level as well as even on a professional level. Um, At the time I was in grad school, now seven years later, I'm seven years in as as a clinician. So there's just so many life experiences uh, and wisdom that I have as well as not only that, now I'm a father. You know, so there's just so many uh changes that has transpired from the time that I wanted to start writing to this year when I was able to actually do the bulk of the writing and finish that 
everything that I wanted to write now makes sense. And it was such, it was the easier process for me to do. And not only that, I was able to even add so many additional layers that my mind was, could not even like fathom or conceptualize at the time that I was able to include in a book now. That's dope. You had to let you had to let life take its course, essentially. Exactly. And I like the fact that you said that you know your your heart was in the right place initially, but at the end of the day, life just didn't whoop your ass enough. You know what I'm saying? You didn't learn <laughs> enough lessons yet to actually right. be able to sit back and, and and teach you know women specific lessons or even men, like you said, specific lessons. So I guess kind of what uh, Dathan was um, asking before I jumped in, but like you know, let's let's talk about some of the topics that you that you cover in the book. Sure. Yeah, so so for me, um, one of the things that, for example, uh, you guys brought up is like, yo, like they think you just touched on, you will talk to these women, uh, you know, back in college, and you give them like logical advice, and then you just can't understand, yo, why is she still with that dude or whatever? Uh, so for me now as a therapist, you know, how I see the world, I'm like, often at that time when we will meet people, we'll just judge them based off their actions. Oh, you dealing with Leroy. Leroy. Leroy, Leroy sound like he ain't shit. I ain't going <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never met a good Leroy. You dealing with ancient Leroy. You know what I'm saying? Leroy cheating. Why are you with Leroy? You know, but life is not like that. So with that, I thought it was important to start off the book. Um, it, the first, uh, uh, I think, chapter is called like the Genesis. And I thought it was important to like go all the way back in time, kind of explore the younger years, which is those your relationship with your parents, with your dad and your mom. Uh, because, you know, that's like the foundation. That's like the first, you know, or your guardian, right? That's like the first, um, you know, your first experience or encounter with the world. So I thought it was important to do that because, you know, sometimes we we learn about, um, you know, those encounters shape our self-esteem, our self-confidence, our trust, you know, or, or lack of trust, you know. and one thing that I did with the book is I did a survey that I included in the book. Um, and the survey is I, I came up with a list of maybe like 25 questions. I think I did that, Johnny. Yeah, they think you did do it. And you did a video response. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Pick one of the questions. So the questions in that survey is they're included, you know, throughout the book in like different chapters. Because those uh, questions are like topics that I covered uh, in the book. So, um, in the book also includes people's uh, real life, like stories and encounters. Of course, it's anonymous in the book. Um, but people have dealt with so many different things. So in order, before I like open a discussion, before I open a topic that I discuss in the book, it opens up with a dialogue from like the therapist, which is myself, who is posing a question and then a response from 
men and women. And I, I later added the men component because I wanted women to also gain some insight into how, you know, men deal with some of these things, though, their experiences and encounters uh, in, you know, with dealing with the same, because I think sometimes um, that lack of understanding that we have of each other also impacts uh, how we view each other and how we navigate relationships. So go, go ahead, go ahead. Let, let me ask you something. So I like that you said that you started off the book with Genesis, right? Your parents, typically the house that you're raising, typically, not even typically, it is your first example of what love is or is not, right? Whether it's from your mother or your father or both parents. We, all our lives have heard, you know, women with daddy issues or women with daddy issues, you know, dudes with mommy issues. But can we talk about the fact that you can have those air quote issues from both of your parents. You know, you being a first generation American, just like me, we know our mothers are hard on the girls, man. Mm. We're hard on the girls. You know what I mean? Whether it's making them do house duties, they, you know, they, they treat their, their, their bodies, you know, they have to present themselves and at a certain way at all times, whether it's covering up, whether they can't talk to boys, whether they, they can't, you know, have boyfriends till later in life or if ever at that in their eyes. You know, can we talk about how the mother-daughter relationship impacts oh. the way that a woman uh, carries herself through life um, as she turns into an adult? Femi, you go first and then I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a answer okay. that to you. Yeah. So you, you, you speak in the gospel, Geech, um, because like I said, in chapter one, the Genesis, so how... how each chapter goes is um each chapter has like different sub uh topics that I discuss. So in the first chapter, um there's Back to the Future, then there's Daddy's Little Girl, which of course explores the relationship between between fathers and daughters. And then there's Dear Mama, which I discuss the relationship between mothers and daughters. Um so that is such a, a, a thing that we don't discuss enough in the mainstream stream or the forefront, but it's real, right? It can be, and a lot of it stems from, especially nowadays, it's the generational thing. Like we, uh, a lot of our parents or grandparents grew up in a time where, you know, life was different. A lot of times, maybe some of those women earlier on, depending on the men to, you know, do the more like stereotypical provide and do this. Um, they grew up in a time. I, I mean, I know my grandmothers grew up in a time where it was normal for men to have multiple wives. Right. So, which means when they were parenting, you know, our mothers, they were parenting them through those lengths, right? Mm. So there's no way our mothers will not be somewhat shaped by that. Now our mothers are trying to now parent our sisters or their daughters that, but now our daughters are growing up in a time where they they kind of, they know their rights. Like they know, okay, I'm not supposed to stand up for this, but the mom is trying to teach them this. So now it's like, Oh, you're like a bucket, you hmm. know, or, you know what I'm saying? You're not following directions. 
And now that child or that daughter now might get a negative label. You're defiant. You know, you're being a hoe. You're being fast. You're being this. And now that can also shape how that young lady views herself. You know what I'm saying? It, and it can shape how now she's dealing with other women or or the guys, right? It's just it, it's deep if we really sit back and think about it. So yeah, and that's just one aspect. And you brought up the fact that you know sometimes the moms be somewhat nicer to the to the sons than the daughters, and a lot of it, it comes from fear because they they want they they want that child to go on the straight and narrow. They don't want them to make maybe some of the mistakes that they made that you never hear about, but they they gone through those steps. So they're like, I want, I don't want my child to go through that. Uh, you know, just so many different traumas that the moms have experienced. And now they project sometimes towards the daughter because, hey, that's the you know the younger version of themselves in a sense so they want to like maybe protect them from certain things but the action is actually you know doing some damages and yeah. we need to definitely address that yeah i think i think in all situations and all relationships uh, especially speaking from you know a parent child perspective you know, i definitely agree parents bring a lot of trauma or introduce a lot of trauma to that child, even way before the child even has a chance to experience it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's because the parents never really address their issues, their right? Own. Their own issues. Mm-hmm. So like, it, as with any relationship, if you bring baggage into a, in a, into a relationship that you haven't addressed, it's going to create problems. And I know, you know, just from my personal experience growing up, like my mom is rare in the sense that I don't think we ever really got in trouble. I can't say we got in trouble with my mom because of her approach. Even when, when, when we did do something wrong, her approach was always sit us down and teach. Never just lash out in anger or never try mm-hmm. to um, control us in a sense. Like we had ultimate freedom to make decisions. But the main thing she focused on was one, making how to make good decisions and then also how to respond in situations where things just don't go your way or things don't go according to plan. And I know for a fact, like my mom didn't sit my sisters down and have like formal conversations, but she definitely had those conversations with them, especially and all of us to say, okay, this is how you should be thinking in terms of how you want to move throughout life, right? You will come across a lot of different situations, but if you stick to what you know and stick to making logical, good decisions for yourself, then you will avoid a lot of further issues down the line. If something, it's like, you know, if something doesn't feel right, don't do it. You know, don't just do it because somebody else wants you to do it. And my my mom always used to say like, if your friends tell you to jump, what are you going to do? Jump? <laughs> like, you know, that, that's something that they always would say. And I'm just like, well, no. You know, I would think about, like, why I would want to do it. <laughs> you know, I would, I would think about, what, like, why they're asking me that, why I would want to do it. But 
I think the most important relationship with all with all the siblings is with the mom. And then especially, you know, as I say, I got two younger sisters, especially when it when it uh, comes to, you know, young women and, and, and girls like your mom really is your mom can be your 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 greatest hero or your greatest downfall. Because if your mom doesn't take that time to really like talk to women and or talk to the younger girl and like at least teach her the main point of how to make good decisions for herself and like actually get good at that process, it, man, I've seen it. Yeah, I've lived it. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's, and not, it's, it's bad. It's real bad. And not only that. That you 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 touch on great things. Also, you know, in those situations where, let's say, the mom and the dad aren't together, yeah. you know, the the you know the moms, let's say, those boyfriends that come in, you know, those relationships too, that mm-hmm. matters. Not even talking about you know those young girls that were molested, you know. So it's mm-hmm. it's just a lot of stuff. And I included that in the book as well. So yeah, definitely that mother-daughter dynamic is so, so important uh, when it comes to the lessons and how the mom conducts herself. Because, you know, how the mom conducts herself, the daughter is, sometimes they interpret that as how, you know, how they're supposed to conduct themselves in relationships, right. you know. And, and, and Absolutely. And, and tolerance too is like, you know, what you've seen your mother accept into her life, what you've seen your mother tolerate, the things that your mother had to endure and she kept doing it subconsciously. It's like, well, shit, if my mother did it, I can't, I, I'm supposed to, or I can too. You know what I'm saying? I saw this dude treat my mother like shit her whole entire life and she stayed with him. Right. Oh, well, maybe that's something that I can't do or I can put up with. So I definitely get it. You know, as when I was younger, I was like, oh yeah, it's definitely, you know, how the girl saw her dad treat the mother. Yes. Not to dis- discredit that. That is 100% true. But also, too, on the other side, it's what you what you saw your mother allow into her life and accept into her life and not, I think, is much more impactful um, for, for in, in the long run. And, 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 and I agree with that. And, and one thing I would like to say is I think people nowadays really don't understand how important parents are to children. It's kind of like people just have children just to have children. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it's it's supposed to happen. We have all these like uh, timelines for ourselves. Like, you know, we're we're supposed to make six figures by thirty, have a family by. You know what I mean? Like, like all these these set milestones that we're supposed to reach. But I'm sitting here and I'm like, your parents being a parent is a huge sacrifice one and is the most important thing you will ever do in life because you now are solely responsible, like really solely responsible for teaching someone who is fresh, new and has no clue how to handle the world. Like and, and, and people don't, I don't think people take it seriously, to be honest, like you were mentioning, like, you know, a single mom or a single parent, you know, bringing or introducing their children to, um, you know, boyfriends or girlfriends, you know, that, that, that is huge. You know, if I'm a, if I'm a young man and, 
my mom is always introducing me to different boyfriends, even if it's two or three, you know, each interaction with the, the individual boyfriends is going to be different. And then also I'm going to see from my mom that like, well, well, it's okay for her to, to shop around and, and have different boyfriends and dates. So, you know, I'm going to do the same thing. You know, it, it, it's just, it's just a mindset, you know, it, it all builds the child's mindset. And I don't think people take seriously or as seriously as they need to being a parent, especially these days in 2020, when every, there's so many distractions around to, 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 you know, fill up a child's brain with, you know, social media, internet and everything else going around. Mm. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't have said it any better myself. Um, again, I I I look at that every day of my life now. I mean, my daughter, she's two now, and that's literally my mindset. Like, yo, um, I, the moves I make is literally I think about her. You know how I conduct myself. I think I think about her. Man, being a parent, like you said, it's, it, it requires so much sacrifice. And I've done that, whether it's career-wise, whether it's, you know, financial-wise, you know, whether it's even social, socialization, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And that is something that I do willingly. That is something that I do with joy. Not saying, like, sometimes you won't be blown. Yeah, you're going to be blown sometimes. (laughs) I, I was just having that conversation, like, yesterday. You know what I'm saying? With one of my homeboys. Like, yeah. But I know why I'm doing it. Like, the I don't even think twice because it's like, yo, I chose to <laughs> bring... She didn't just come into my life. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? So there has to be an understanding from that standpoint. Like, you're the reason why this child or these children are here. That's one. And secondly, like, the world in itself is, you know, has its challenges. Like, how, how, you know, what, how do you want them to navigate the world? Like, you, you are an instrumental figure of how that is going to go for them. So, like, do your part. And even sometimes when you do your part, they still, you know what I'm saying, still going to have some bumps on the road. So, like, just think about when you don't do your part. So, for me, like, it comes easy for me because mentally I've already like submitted to that. Like my life will change and it has changed. So I don't feel sorry for myself when it has, I I look at the, the positive aspect of it and there's always a, there's a reward. Like we're all at an age now there, you know, our parents are probably, enjoy you know the 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 hard work that they played in our lives right so i'm able to think about it like that like someday my you know hopefully uh, god willing i'll be around to enjoy you know witnessing several milestones in my daughter's life and to me that is the satisfaction that's the joy and hopefully she grows up to be a great human being that's the fact I like that. I like that. Well, shit, man, jumping back to the book. So, all right, so, man, I was having for the, just a chapter one, shit. But That's it, baby. 
So so after, so after the Genesis, you know what I'm saying? Not to say that we need to run through every chapter, but just let's yeah. hit a, just a t- couple, you know, high level topics that you got going on in the book. Yeah. So how I kind of what did it was I wanted to go through the life stages. So of course, for, we we're gonna discuss the parental aspect. Then I also thought it was important to discuss, you know, the sibling aspect versus being the only child and mm-hmm. how that can, you know, impact someone. Then when we we go as we're getting older, because we're, you know, it's kind of I I the way that I ordered it is like through a lifespan order. So as we're getting older, we start focusing on our friendships. Like once you get to elementary school and middle school, everybody wants to fit in. You want to be cool. So I, I I discussed those aspects and how that shaped you. And then we focus on like, you know, the high school and college years, you know, like you thinking you've grown now, you know what I'm saying? And you start dating, you know, that teenage love. You, 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 you think you in, you know, it's puppy love and how the, the, the war wounds that you start to maybe accumulate once you jump jump out there into that adult world, you know? But of course we don't know because we we start having these feelings. You go through puberty, you know what I'm saying? Uh, your body changing, your hormones. So just discussing some of the the good and the bad. So in, in, in that chapter, I know I discussed toxic love. You know what I'm saying? We all know all about that. And then um, we talk about like the age that we are now, the social media and, and technology, how that has kind of, you know, changed the game for real when it t- when it talks about like life and d- even like dating, you know, talking about like sliding in DM. Is there such a thing as so- social media etiquette? And like the negative aspects of it when it comes to like now, like we can see what uh, Dathan is doing. I can see what Geech is doing. So uh, how that you know, some people use that and they start to compare themselves to other people. Um, you know, and like you said, you know, we we asked some heavy topics earlier on, so I thought it was important to kind of lighten uh chapter six a little bit. And that chapter is called YOLO, you know, you only live once. So, in that chapter, I discussed like friends with benefits, I discussed situationships and entanglements. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's how you know this was written in 2020. That entanglements, baby. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Will and Jada. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Um, and we, I mean, anybody that's had friendship, uh, friends with benefits or situationships, we all know, you know, how, you know, they can feel like real relationships for real and, you know, the, 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 the negative aspects of that. And then, um, I wanted to also address like uh, different like relationship statuses, whether you're single, um, you know, like how some people, you know, focus on on like, uh, you know, like how singleness is seen as a stigma, especially in, in certain ages, pretty much how to maximize your singleness. You know what I'm saying? And I also is I, I talked about like married women, right? Uh, whether you're happy or you're not happy. Uh, how to navigate uh, whatever state you're in. 
discussing women who are trying to date with kids, like we talked about earlier, how to navigate through that. And also uh, normalizing the fact that if you choose that, um, you know what, you kind of want to live life, you want to do life, and you've you've examined that you're not really trying to get married or you're not really, you know, you might just want to date or whatever, and you've truly examined why you feel that is, that's, you have freedom to do that without, you know, giving into the societal um, expectations or critiques that you might get, you know what I'm saying? And then uh, we also talked about, like, healing, how to kind of heal from, you know, a lot of traumas that you've um, encountered along the way, uh, addressing, like, your core beliefs and how that shapes, you know, how you view the world sometimes, focusing on how to, like, unlearn certain things that you've you've might have learned as this is the norm, but trying to unlearn those things. Um, you know, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm just, maybe this, and then, uh, towards the end, I talked about, um, like dating non-negotiables, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, why that is important, you know, how, uh, that kind of helps you kind of weed out certain things, discussing like self-love and intentional dating. And then, um, lastly, talking about, okay, now that maybe you secured a relationship, how to actually, you know, do it the right way, how to navigate that. Because I feel like a lot of times, you know, they'll, especially in like shows and movies, and they normally show you like, yo, when they get married or when they together, they like, they live happily ever after. But no one really has seen what happily ever after looks like, right? But in your mind, you have these expectations of, oh, we together, we're supposed to be happy. And when you're not happy, you're looking at, like, what was wrong? Now I'm ready to jump ship. So kind of discussing, like, you know, certain components that are essential to maintaining, you know, what that happily ever after looks like for you and your significant other. Um, so, so that's that's that, you know. That's what that's what Shit. I covered uh, within the book, and then the last chapter I just summarized it from my, uh, you know, from my lens. So, if I parent. ever have any issues or questions about relationships, I know who to come to. Straight up, <laughs> hey man, hey, hey brother, you know I, I ain't no guru, but you know. I, uh, you know, I ain't no Steve Harvey, you feel me? <laughs> <laughs> so in that in that joint, you ain't shitting all over dudes, but more so you you you, nah. you, 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 you speaking to the women and, and what to expect and, and, and stuff like that. I guess the question, I, last question I have for you uh, for this was, you know, what was your favorite uh, chapter to write? Mm. My <laughs> brother Geach. Yo, yo, that's a, that's a that's a great question. I've actually never gotten that question. Um, I will probably say um probably the maybe the chapter on um maybe uh the chapter on self love okay and the reason why is man life 
and y'all can speak to this uh, in terms of how you know it what it means to your reality. I look at myself and I say, honestly, on on a good day, I'm five eight. all day, all I'm day, five, all day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All day. <laughs> but sometimes I feel I might be five seven, right? I, you know, I ain't got no six pack. You know, I whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I ain't no hooper. <laughs> yeah, I got asthma. <laughs> like, I, I ain't the best dresser. But dang, I love me some me. Mm. Like, to the core. I, I love me some me. And, and I know how that, like, helps me out just in life. I know how that um, self-love has, has helped me out even when I've been, was teased, you know, earlier on, because, you know, coming from uh, Nigeria, you you definitely wasn't finna be fly, uh, <laughs> you know, rocking Payless and all that. But I, I've always had that self-love. And I asked myself, where did that come from? Because I know how much that helped me because I, I, I look at others, you know, when that maybe they were impacted like when they were teased now they felt pressure to want to fit in but for me i just like yeah y'all gonna fry me yeah this don't feel good you know yeah I, but i wasn't like yo i'm about to go steal to get these shoes so that this or i'm about to like change who i am just i never went through that and i just attributed to like i know sometimes for me at least I'm like, yo, I feel like, you know, I like sometimes some people, they born into rich families. I wasn't. Some people, you you seven foot. Now your path to being a hooper is easier than a nigga like myself. You know what I'm saying? Some people, they, they, they just got a vibranium like LeBron James, like they built in a lab. You know what I'm saying? But, and I think like for me, maybe... Just how I view the world and I view myself can be like a gift that I was given. I don't know. I, maybe I'm making that up. But um, I just know how instrumental that has been in terms of my life. And I think that's why I'm I'm also how I am in trying to give back to other people. Why I want them to experience that as well. So it was so um, rewarding for me to ra- write that chapter because I literally, if anything, I, I want people who read this to, who may not be, not feel that self-love to truly, like, begin right. to maybe take the steps it's just, that will it's help a tough them thing to, get there. to to address. That's for sure. Tough thing to address. Mm-hmm. Well, shit, Geechee, let's 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 hit this ad real quick. By yours truly, the truth. You know what I mean. <laughs> It will be, we'll be right back. <laughs> we'll jump right back into it. What's good, PNB family? It's your boy, The Truth. Support for this episode of the Part of My Bullshit podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is available anywhere in the United States and just recently launched in the UK. If you're like me, you know how important it is to be well-groomed above the waist, and so now I'm telling you to get right below the waist, too. Self-care, groom all areas. 
Manscaped has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. It features an upgraded motor with quiet stroke technology. That's right, quiet stroke technology, a flashy LED light, and a high-powered charging stand. Can you say no more grooming accidents? That's right. Don't be afraid to shave. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. 90 minutes of battery-powered precision. And you can do it anywhere, in the shower, in the hallway, in the bathroom, in the bedroom, but not in the kitchen. Please don't do that to yourself. So if you're listening to me speak right now, fellas, I want you to experience this firsthand. So go to manscaped.com and order your new products today. When you shop, use the code PMBPOD. That's PMBPOD in order to get 20% off your next order and free shipping. Tell them your boy the truth sent you. PMB Podcast, we out. All right, man, we back. So first half, we covered the book. And obviously, we're going to make sure that we get the, the link in the description of the podcast. So y'all go ahead and check it out. Also, all the family's information, make sure you follow him on Instagram and make sure you stay tapped in. I saw you did a, uh, like a little conference or whatever about that, John, too, recently. Yes, sir. Uh, shout out to uh, one of our uh, Intercon co-workers. <laughs> uh, shout out to Monique. She had reached out to me. Um, on on Instagram, and she was like, "Yo, her and a group of you know ladies, they were gonna get together, and they were they just wanted uh, somebody to come, you know, do a presentation on you know topics related to you know women and things like that." And she had known that I wrote the book, so I did it. I went and did a workshop. It was supposed to be like an hour thirty minutes. Turned out to be like four hours, man. We, oh, was, I'm what? telling you, we was we was vibing. The conversation was great. Um, you know, like I'm telling people were sharing, and just things just took a life of its own. It was a beautiful, beautiful workshop, and that was my first ever one. So, no man, yeah, it turned out yeah. great. So with that being said, you know, you could jump out there. Actually, I have I have an idea that we can talk about offline. Um, for uh, someone that we had on. Shout out to Shanae. She has a book club. Okay. I think maybe your book would definitely be something dope for them to maybe toss around in that group. But well, shit, man, let's jump into some fun topics, man. I feel like we ain't podcast, podcast in a while. <laughs> on part of my bullshit, though, we done dropped like three, four interviews in a row, nigga. Let's podcast, though. <laughs> shit, man. First up, man, look, there's a show on Friday nights that come on on own TV called Ready for Love. Is any of y'all familiar with that? I've heard of it, yeah. Yes, sir. You know how I am with TV. Let's get it. All right, so look, Will Packer is the creator of the show. Uncle Tommy is the host. And essentially what it is is a bunch of singles. They're on this show looking for love. You know what I mean? So in previous seasons, they were in Atlanta. So they're living their life and they're mingling amongst the group. I think the group starts off with maybe like 20 total, 10 men, 10 women. And, you know, uh, everybody hits it off. And it kind of they go through all the dating phases and talking phases. And it eliminates down to the couples who they who wants to be together. So they're the quote ones ready for love. So this is the third season. This year, obviously, because COVID, things are different. They're, they're doing it in Houston. And instead of living their lives like how they was doing on the Atlanta shows, they're actually on a resort this season around each other 24-7. In this last week's episode, there was an elimination of a guy, man. And to me, I thought it was unfair. And I'm, I'm going to explain a little bit why. Episode one, him and this young lady named Naya, they hit it off. And I think the guy's name is, um, I think it's, I want to say it's like Mike or something. He's a radio host down in Houston. Bro, they was in love. Episode one, I'm talking about, 
they was she she said, Oh my god, you connected to my spirit, my soul. They was on the, <laughs> they was all they was walking around on the grass barefoot talking about some I could do this with oh, you forever. You know. But they was in love, right? So uh one two episodes ago, uh their friends were able to come on to the resort and meet the guys that they're interested in, right? So the friend could ask them whatever questions they want. Now his friend come on and she asked Mike, um, you know. How do you think finances should be running the, in the home? Mind you, these people are grown, grown. They like in their mid to upper thirties. Some of them forties. Actually, some of them are in their fifties. So they already have responsibilities. Some of them have kids, so on and so forth. So he said, "Well, I'm a radio host. You know, it's not a lot of money in radio. In in radio, you know, moving into whatever relationship I expect to if we move forward. You know, I would prefer it to be fifty fifty." Apparently, that was the wrong answer for Shorty. She said, look, ain't no man coming into my life unless you're paying everything. I need a man that's going to come in and take care of me, so on and so forth. Later on that episode, you know, he he was taken aback. He was like, bro, like, what did I say wrong? Some of the women was like, man, you should have just flipped it on her and just say, you know, what are your expectations? So some of the guys are like, bro, I'm not funding nobody life. Like, 50-50 is how I want to do it. Apparently, for Naya, that don't work. Push come to show if she eliminated that man simply because he said that he wants to run his relationship 50-50. So I kind of wanted to ask y'all, have you been in a, uh, in a relationship or experienced, dealt with any women that, one, have certain financial expectations of what you bring to the table and what she does not have to bring to the table? Two, what do you think shapes that? You know, what type of experiences that you think that shape that? And then three, you know, if you find yourself in a situation where you know, her answer is not what you prefer to do. How are you going to carry that? What's what's up? Talk to me. Hey, look, I, I'm I'm only going to address that that last question. That the answer <laughs> is run, that, <laughs> run, run, bro. Like, cause it's important, man. It, 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 financial uh, literacy, you know, financial health is very important. When it comes, it's 2020, bro. I'm looking at you, not saying that I don't have it. But I've always said this. My woman is my equal. Women are our equals, men. Okay? Like, we are all people. So it doesn't, I don't give a fuck about who's paying for what or this, that, and the third. But don't come with the expectation that Dathan, the truth, is going to be the one carrying the relationship financially. Because what happens is, is when you do that, that person still has to spend responsibly. And I'm not about to be out here busting my ass for you to be reaping the benefits and be <laughs> irresponsible with my paper. It, it, it's just facts. It's, it's just facts, bro. You know what I mean? So it's like, if, you, if, you got, if you're getting into a situation, if you're coming into a situation like a relationship, right, and you're dating someone and you're getting to know them, please ask about finances. You know, just to understand, they don't have to have a lot of money. They don't have to be rich. But understand that the key is understanding how they move. Facts. Because yeah, what happens when you get, what happens when you marry them? Guess what? I'm an accountant. I'm a CPA. I tell niggas all the time, once you marry a shorty, huh, that, that's you. On your tax returns, that, that, that number, mm -hmm. which is two now, becomes one. And that is all you. So if I don't get it from her, I'm coming for your black ass. And that's it. And that's it. And, and that's word. And, and I tell people that all the time, like, 
you have to be ready for every, you have to be ready for a relationship. And, and finances is a huge piece. So, so, yeah. so one thing, one thing that they kept saying, which I'm, I, I maybe I need to turn to Femi and answer this one is one time, one thing, and you saw the episode, one thing they kept talking about is, you know, who should be the head of the household? Who should lead the household? Because then it comes with leading in financials. And to me, those two things don't necessarily like align. You know what I'm saying? Like me personally, I'm not married, obviously, you know what I'm saying? But I think when we talk about leading the household, I think both people lead the household, right? Absolutely. Like to me, it's like, you know, what you may slack in, I may be good in. So I take up for that. What you what I'm not good in, you you could take up for and make it better. Like I feel like leading is not just a one person's job. It's a two people job. And if you're in that situation, you know what I mean, for it to be ideal. So when I hear them talking about some, well, I want the man to be the lead, including be financial, I'm like, bro, that's a lot of responsibility on one person. Too much. It's especially at their grown ass age. They coming into the relationship with their own cars, baggage. No, the youngest said she expects him to pay for her car note. No. I didn't but I wasn't no. there when you bought that car. <laughs> no. Yo, yo, you probably got I mean, fucked in that car by somebody else. No. Your interest rate, your interest rate. <laughs> no. What? Yo, no. Your interest rate is through the roof, and you expect me to pay for it. I wasn't there. Bro, I wasn't there. That, that's foolishness. foolishness. Also, too, like I grew up, I grew up in a in a household where my dad paid all the bills. But I tell you right now, that nigga didn't treat my mom very well. But he used that as like a like a control type of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even talking to my mother now. She's like, yeah, by by me not really being in a financial position to do better for myself or to leave earlier or whatever, like I, I couldn't do for me because he did everything. So he kind of controlled my movement. He controlled right. what I was able to do because he handled all the finances. And I'm thinking like, damn, dog, like that totally makes sense to me. Yes. And, I wouldn't want to go ahead, go ahead. No, nah, no, nah, and and that's exactly what I was talking about earlier, right? in terms of, you know, our, our mothers and their moms and all these things. Like, think about it. But we people are still trying to hold on to certain ideals of the past. Like, the man should do this. The, you know, p- do what works for the both of you guys. Like, first you have to see if you're compatible. Like, if a woman <laughs> is coming to you and saying, yo, you know what I'm saying? If a woman is coming to you and saying, you got to pay off, Cool beans. Go find a nigga that that's gonna do that shit. Yeah, but, but it ain't gonna be me. Like I've been, you know, I've dealt with a plethora of women. Not, you know, into. I'm not saying that like I ain't no hoe. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I've been dealt with a few, and I've never attracted none of them women. They they know not to come with me with that energy. I guess I don't attract that energy, and if I did. That would be the only uh, interaction we have because I just don't share, just like the truth said, I don't share those ideals. I don't believe that I should pay 100%. Now, if you're a woman that, again, go go find an, another nigga that's willing to do that. That's not me. I don't believe in that. And like uh, you said, Guy, I feel like, you know, we can work together. Like there's some strengths you have, there's strengths I have. Now, if I was making, let's say if I was a, making ball, you know, uh, uh, a salary of two mil or mil, whatever. And if I could afford it, things different, you know, things it's different. different. That's but different. We, 
are we building? I'm building, you building. So it's why, yeah. why should I, you know what I'm saying? I don't, why should I be paying everything now? I, I think that's silly. And the, and the, and then, then they was like, I heard, I've even seen this type of conversation on internet. They talking about like uh, income disparity. It's like, okay. I get it. First of that's all. Really, that's real. That's real. Now that's different. You know what I'm saying? If I make uh, 150000 and my wife makes forty, I can't expect her to carry and we and I and our mortgage is let's say twenty five hundred. Yeah. I can't I can't I cannot expect her to put up fifteen hundred dollars or whatever that math is. Yeah. Yeah. Every, it, it, but she's gonna pay something. You're gonna pay she's something. Gonna pay, right? at, at, but but more importantly, she's gonna brand but, but more importantly too is like if I make if I make you know if I'm making two hundred thousand, you making thirty thousand, it's like hold on, what we what we what we doing? You know, what we doing? What we doing? No, 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 not even that. Not even just that. Not even just that. I don't care how much money you make for real. But like I said, it goes back to how you move. If you make it thirty thousand, you better be living a thirty thousand lifestyle. Thank you. Thank you. Because, because we, we we know people who make a certain amount of money and be living 20, 30 grand over their lifestyle. And over I'm like, means. Yeah, what, what, yeah. nah, that, hey, Dathan, that's it. That's right. Like, Cause you, you, you going back 30,000. Don't be asking for Birkin bags. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, first of all, you ain't got, you ain't got the, Birkin the, bag. The, the, the Birkin, the Birkin you, bag you is your You can't even buy a Birkin bag yourself. With, with your entire yearly salary. <laughs> yeah. Chill out. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Just have realistic expectations. Now, of course, when we come together, and uh, we get married, we 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 join. However, still, you don't want to now place like this heavy load of burden on your partner. You right. still want it to be like, yo, I'm coming to the table with thirty. They making two fifty. Jointly, we making two eighty. But hey, I'm not gonna expect this man to do this, 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 this just because he make two fifty. Like. I need to be able to trust. Yeah, I need to be able to trust your moves. And, and I guess the question I've always had to women, and I wish we had a woman on the show to, to answer. We, we, to answer we, this we can is, send out the messages. You know? But it's like, bro, why would you want a nigga to be able to say and tell you, "Hey, listen, man, I pay the bills in this house." That's wild. That's what hey, I'm saying. Hey, I, I, yeah. I. It's because for for a lace day, we know that there's men out there that's like that. Everything is about me. I I pay for this house, so you gonna leave? Or I pay for this house. This better be ready when I come home. Like wow. I wouldn't want to put myself in a situation where somebody has that over top of me. And you know that there's some real sick niggas that are will be <laughs> that are quick to do that. So yeah, I mean, I, they you know after they talked about it, even some of the guys that it rubbed them the wrong way. It's like man, look, you know I get it. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. But to completely eliminate this dude after he answered honestly, and then to be so turned off by it. Um, so they actually, this last episode last night, they actually sent her home because of the way that she carried that situation. She was trying to say, oh, I wasn't even into him in the first place. It's like, nah. yes, you was. You was. You lying. And because he didn't answer this how you wanted him to, um, you know, you could completely uh, uh, kick them off the show. Man, right? it's, it's just unfortunate because I always say, <clears throat> as with friendships, if relationships, anything, especially relationships, your freedom starts with your finances bro mm. if you can't pay for something yourself honestly don't ask for it because what people like to do is hold things over your head and like you say Geechee, it's a lot of sick niggas out here you know 
people will always bring up, oh, you acting up and I bought you a Birkin bag. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it is what it is, bro. Or even, or it could even be anything smaller than that. You know what I mean? You know, they some sick dudes like, y'all pay for your car, cool. Now, where you going? You need it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, yeah. Where you at? I'm controlling that piece, and, and, and that's the part that kind of gets a little iffy to me. It's like, man, I wouldn't want to put myself in a position where somebody can kind of flip that flip that script on me. You know what I mean? I'm going to just look at how you move, bro. If you ain't moving right. So how do y'all feel? Okay, so we're talking about, like, the bills piece, and then, you know, then the conversation comes up about, like, actual dates, right? And to me, those two things are different. Like, what you, yeah. what you, what you mean different. dates? Like, every time so, you go out? Uh, so, Right. So basically, because I prefer to be in a 50-50 relationship, that doesn't mean that if we go out to dinner, you got to pull out your card every time or we have to go 50-50 every time. Like for me, it's just like the balance is like, yo, I might have paid for 10 dinners in a row. You know what I'm saying? Like now, naturally, I would want to be with somebody that does the same as like, well, it's my turn to pay. You done paid enough. It's my turn to take you out or whatever. Like I don't it doesn't. To me, like I'm not gonna keep tabs on dates. I don't. I'm not gonna do that. Like we're enjoying company. Money is money. It is what it is. But just because I feel that way on on in the household that I want to split the bills, it don't translate that. I mean, I I'm never gonna take you on a trip where I'm not gonna buy you a flight or whatever. Like I feel like I hear those things, and it's like to me, those are two separate financial yes. like burdens and decisions. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing is, is I always say this: whoever, as whoever's idea it is they for that run. for that date, you know, they should be prepared to pay. I agree. With that. That's a, that's right? to me. That's the easiest way to. That's to the easiest way. But, but, but my yeah. thing is like, even looking like these rich dudes, whatever, when they celebrate birthday, you see their wives, significant others, still get themselves. It's not like oh, you 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 LeBron James, you you. You, your net worth is this. So Savannah going to be like, I ain't giving you nothing. It's like, that don't make <laughs> sense because he makes what he makes. You make what hey, you what make. Man, you still... Hey, what my man Mark Jackson said, with all due respect. Yeah, what, what, you know, <laughs> I feel Like, yo, I, I, I'm just thinking to myself, like, why, why are you making money such a, a thing? Like, if you yeah, care yeah. about this individual, do you want them to y'all go to the movies every time? Y'all go to dinner every time, and it's just them paying, and you think that's right? Yeah. Are you a child? Yeah. Like, yeah. why should they continue yeah. to do that? I think the, the easiest, I think the easiest fix is like inverting. The easiest fix for both men and women in this issue is like tracing it backwards. For 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 women, especially who think like well, for both parties, if you think that the man or the woman should dominate the finances and you know pay the bills and carry you along, just think back to how you want to be treated. If you're a woman and you expect your man to pay the bills, get you nice things, and get you that, literally take that same behavior and shower your partner with it. It's literally that easy. Mm. And it doesn't, you don't even have to buy expensive gifts. Even if you make 30000 if 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 you expect your man to be buying you all these gifts and shit, take what you can afford and go buy him a fucking gift. <laughs> He'll appreciate it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that's it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's real. 
Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. I guess I guess we kind of all on the same page. Geek, here, geek, yeah, you that, paying the bills, bro? You ain't paying the bills? No, nah, I'm not paying. I'm definitely not paying all the bills, geek, man. Geek, like, geek, you ain't you you fifty fifty. <laughs> yeah, in the household, I definitely yeah, I definitely want to be fifty fifty. Um, you know, whatever whatever that total is, I'm I'm more than happy to put up your half. Because for a fact, at the end of the day, I look at it like this too. I like to save money just like you, and I think we all should be in opportunities, especially in a relationship, living together, to save and put money to the side. So, yes, you know, even maybe if I could pay all the bills, but that takes away from funds that I have to do, other things that I want to do in my personal life, things I may want to do for you in the future. You know what I'm saying? Like, allow both of our money to work together in the best way possible for me. For me, personally, that's 50-50. And, you know, you call me a broke boy all you want, but Nah, nah. I was, uh, I, was gonna, I was gonna ask you when we talk about bills. Are we including yeah. like phone bill, wax bill? Oh, I'm on my, know? I'm on my, I'm on my mother's phone bill. What you mean? Uh, oh, okay. All right, yeah, hey, nah. me too. You we here? <laughs> yeah. I'm just asking. Cool. Yeah, cool. Sure. Cool. I mean, sure. You can call me a broke boy all you want. That don't, that don't affect me. I know, I know who I, I am. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'll be a broke boy. That's you know what I'm saying. I'll be okay with that. Well, shit. next on the docket, we got another thing that was making the, uh, the Twitter streets hot, man. True restaurant, true restaurant in Dallas, Texas. You know what I'm saying? I know, I know, y'all seen the video where, where the owner came over and told old girls to uh, stop twerking, and he said it. He said some. Uh, he said it in a, in, a, in a nice, aggressive He's, way for the final time. He told her to stop body yaddy 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 yaddy. Stop that body yaddy. <laughs> he said, if you don't like it, get the fuck out of here. He said, you know, essentially, he said, I created this space for black folks to just come and have a good time, and we ain't doing all that twerking in here. So the streets was hot. You know, what I'm saying, call him, call him all kind of names from a coon to he want to be white to you know why we using white businesses as our standard. And, he, and I like the fact that they released the other footage where he came over and talked to them nicely. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I saw that. Then somebody else put up... You see the the footage of them actually dancing? Because the first video, they have... It. I didn't see the dance. I saw the footage of him actually going over there nicely, talking like a, a polite, uh, professional individual. I saw that one. Well, there was a, there's a video that uh, a young lady dropped where they was they was on the tables dancing like... I mean, on the, on the seats dancing like how he said and. You know, at the end of the day, as a business owner, look, you ain't about to put your feet in my nice seats, especially with heels. I'm going to poke through the leather and all that. So he got a lot of backlash for that. So I kind of just want to hear y'all take, you know, what, what's y'all yeah. stance? I got an idea of what yeah. it would be. Yo, this is this, this my, <laughs> my take, right? We all young dudes, we've all been to the club and we've all probably been had a table of VIP. Like, I've been to the club where I'm standing on the chair I'm doing whatever, and the bouncer comes to me and be like, "Yo, we don't do that here, you know, mm-hmm. get down." Now you, he tells me once, he might tell me two times because he might be like, "I, I know niggas been drinking," but he ain't gonna tell you <laughs> no more than three times. The third time, you probably gotta go, and that's yeah. the bouncer. He don't, he, he don't own the place, so, and that is a club, right? Where you know stuff's supposed to go down. This is a restaurant. People are eating. You know what I'm saying? I get it. You, you know, you want to, you, you feeling the music. You might be feeling the mimosas or the henny. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, if he comes to you, I think he said he went up to him two or three times. Three yeah, times, he said. he's done it three times, 
how you know what I'm saying? And this is his place that he owns. Like he has a right to be like, yo, I maybe you shouldn't say get the F out, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that part I do, I don't condone, you know what I'm saying? But the actual act of him saying don't twerk and he feeling how he felt, he I in my book, I think he's justified just because if someone has come to you multiple occasions to address you like like a civil human being, just listen. It's their place of establishment. Like it's not like you come here to eat and that gives you a right to twerk. Like there's nothing, you know what I'm saying, that that says that. I mean this this what I don't like about black people, bro. <laughs> that's what I don't like about black people. We wouldn't do this shit in a white establishment. We would go to a white establishment, sit our ass down, be all polite, nice, cool, calm, and collected. But we go to a black establishment, and it's I gotta act out. I gotta make it. It's it's like this. And then you call the nigga a coon. But what his, kills me? But what kills me about that is the fact that <clears throat> you're right. People know how to act when they want to. They yes. people pick and choose. But then if you say that, though, they were saying, well, why is white establishments the standard? It's not. But it's, y'all would, y'all, y'all. That's know. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if, we, if you're in D.C. and you go down to La Vie, how many people you see twerking at La Vie? Now, you take that same energy and take niggas over to Ben's next door and you're going to have niggas twerking. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Like, and, and, and that's what, both, this is his place. You know what I mean? He owns this shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to treat that shit like it's my house. You don't know how long I've been working for this shit. That's you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yo, I'm here to provide a service. If you don't want to abide by my rules, then get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing you. I'm missing you. It's that simple. <laughs> no, but it's, 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 it's literally that simple. Because let's say, and, and let, let's say I go into a barbershop and like I start saying some wild shit. Whoever owns that shop can ask me to get the fuck out. If I continue to repeat the action, they're going to kick me out. It's it, wherever yeah, it's you literally, go. It's the same energy. Go. Right. It's the same energy. What what I don't like um, is the fact that damn, I lost my train of thought. Okay, so I I don't like the fact that they put out the footage of him saying "get the fuck out" without putting the full background. Mm-hmm. Also, too, I was hearing a lot of people saying, "Well, you know, they shouldn't have been playing twerk music." Let me tell you something. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I get it. Music is infectious. But at the end of the day, you control your body. You're not going to tell me that you hear ba- uh, bands that make a dance and that automatically makes you bust, bust your ass. Joints is holy. I hear, I hear music all the time that, that talk about killing and selling drugs. <laughs> it don't make me It don't make me want to do it. So you sitting there telling me that because they playing that in a restaurant, you have to dance. And that's not true. I think one thing that we we're missing here is you got to read the room. Exactly. If you if you had a DC brunch and everybody dancing, having a good time, that's the culture that we have here, and everybody's doing it. But from the footage that I saw, they everybody was sitting were the down quiet, dancing. dog quiet, enjoying their meal, and they talking about some. Well, what do you expect if you serve drinks out of douce bottles? Duh, duh. That has nothing to do with them acting a fool. It's only them. You got to read the room. If nobody else doing it, bro, you can't be mad when they tell you to but stop the thing, doing it. Thing about they, they want... Oh, we go to basketball games, whatever. Like, they play all these musics. Now, of course, 
you know, like if you sit next to a kid or whatever, you see people, you hear, you you might bop to it in your seat. Everybody don't do the full-blown, let me go wild out, because now they playing, yeah. uh, you know, we well, taking I, over I, from the 9-9 to I, the 2000. Unless, right. you, uh, unless you Lizzo. <laughs> unless you Lizzo. Unless you Lizzo. And, you know, they, they came, y'all seen, they came for Lizzo. You know? Came and got because... Because she once again, she ain't know how to read the yeah. room. You got to read the room, man. There's a time and a place for everything. And we can't continue to just use the whole, uh, you know, it's a black establishment. They shouldn't. It's like, dog, this man owns this space. This not the energy that he created, DJ or not. And at the end of the day, the music wasn't even that loud because he turned around and told the DJ turn the music yeah. off for a second. Yeah. And it obviously wasn't loud enough for the DJ not to hear. DJ got headphones on and shit. He still was able to hear. Like, dog, they wasn't. Come on, man. Bro, bro, what, what they expect? They expect niggas to be playing elevated music? <laughs> Come on, yo. That, that's, awesome. my, that's my thing. Like, like, just because you hear good music, it's a black establishment. Of course, I'm going to be playing some good, good music, shit. You right. want me to play uh, what? Like, motherfucking Billy Bob Thornton instrumental? No. <laughs> like, nah, nigga. Nobody yeah. want to hear that shit. I, I want to catch a little Bob. You know, I'm going to eat my food and I'm going to get the fuck on. Like, niggas, you know what it is, man. Shorties, they went there. They got a little bit too lit. You know what I mean? They wanted to act up and then they tried to turn it into a whole other situation. When it's not even that, bro. Hey, if y'all got the video of them, the footage of them dancing, can y'all send it to me? Yeah, I'm going to find that, John, to send it to you. Hey, why why you need it? I'm just trying to see it. (laughs) 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 Nah, because (laughs) you say you seen it. I'm like, nah, I've seen seen the video of them telling them, get the F out. I've seen the video of him going to them politely and telling them, yo, you know what I'm saying? But I never saw that other video. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm they, trying to find that jump for you, bro. I, I got you. Bro. They must have been you. out here, bro. <laughs> I got you. Well, look, man, this was a dope episode. I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? I don't got no more topics for y'all, but family, I definitely want to thank you for coming through. Man, thank y'all for having me. It's been a minute, man. I think I do the most season guests. I think this is probably your fourth time up here. Third or fourth time up here. Yeah. Damn. It's necessary. Yeah. It's necessary, man. You dropped some good shit. I appreciate y'all, man. Real talk. You know, this was a dope-ass interview. Y'all some seasoned vets, man. That's how y'all know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> y'all some seasoned brothers. It's a testament to to, you know, the job that y'all doing in this podcast and lane. You know what I'm saying? This was such a smooth-ass interview, man. I, I appreciate y'all from the bottom of my heart, man, for opening your platform and allowing me to, you know what I'm saying, share this this dream project of mine that, that I, you know, if it wasn't for COVID, that probably my mind would have never, you know, went to it. So, again, God bless y'all. I really appreciate y'all beyond words, man. Uh, of course, of yes, course, sir. of course. But sure, man, if there's any, uh, I guess, you know, before we get out of here, let's just drop one gem, man. Let's, let's, for all those people that you want to go check out your book, you know what I mean? Let, drop one gem for the, that they're going to walk away with um, when they, when they get that check, when they hit that checkout. Man, when you, when you, when you buy this book and you immerse yourself, you know, just know that you, you, it's going to, it's going to take you back. It's going to take you on a journey. It's going to, uh, allow you to to face yourself to and uh, to deeply look in the mirror and you know what i'm saying hopefully what comes out of it is you know action is you 
you know, feeling like maybe you a change needs to be made, or you know, you realizing like I'm I'm doing this thing called life. I'm doing it right. So that's what it's all about, baby. Word. Yeah, I appreciate that stuff. That's dope. But shit, man, what's the vibe of the day, man? What we what we rocking out with? Man, you know, I, I like I said, you know, I, I I was privileged and fortunate to watch uh Gucci Man and Big Snow. You snow. know what I'm saying? So play play give us some snow, man. Let's rock out to some big snow, man. So you want that uh I can show you how to get around right now. That's a, that's that what yeah. they uh that's that what they want, John. Yeah. That's that awesome what recession. they want, man. It's, as young as what they you know want, what and then young as what they that's, get. That's, you know, <laughs> with that. that's my hey, shit, man. Big, big Snow need to show me how to make a meal, you feel? <laughs> Word. All right, man. All right, what they want, Jeezy, man. Once again, man, thank you for coming through. Uh and stay tuned. Like I said, man, we're gonna make sure that we got the, the book link in the bio and all that good stuff so we can get some uh get some sales your way, man. That's right. Yes, sir. Alright man, we out. And B. I told y'all niggas I was coming back hard, nigga. Oh, you heard this shit's thug motivation, nigga. Okay, hey, 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 hoes ain't shit. And money ain't nothing. And if it ain't nothing, then it's gotta be something. And if it ain't something, then it's gotta be nothing. If he ain't show the cash, then it gotta be bluffing. My dog hit me up. He said he got a lick, got a bad jump shot, so he might shoot a brick. Talking with the that's a technical foul. I know what the fuck you talking about. I'm hanging up right now. Nigga, you ain't nigga kidding. And this ain't wildin' out. I'm playing my position. I ain't trying to foul out. It's the replay. Yeah, we about to find out. Hey, what a referee. I need to call a timeout.
make it through this shit, then I can play another night. Money fight, money fight.